You're listening to Weather Hype, a podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. I'm Min. And I'm Castle. And today, we're going to talk about the beautiful country of Iceland. Woohoo! I was not able to be on the last podcast because I took an impromptu trip to the land of fire and ice, and I really haven't talked to Castle too much about it. And there was some weather and emergency management applications from my trip. We will talk about that and lots of other fun things like what's it like to travel in Iceland, what the weather's like there, and some of the cultural experiences that I had. As I promised at the end of the last episode, see, I delivered my promise, we'll have more on Iceland coming up next. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring I was born on a storm when I get gone, I get gone And I don't need anyone to know better all about you since the last episode was kind of all about me so this one's all about you and joe it's all about you and joe me and joe yeah tell us about iceland um so that was kind of a tangent in my life so right now i'm in between jobs and hoping that something lines up pretty soon and since i had some time i thought to myself what better time than to go on a trip and i've always wanted to go to iceland my brother went he's gone a couple of times one time for leisure and another time he um was in medical school and he had a medical school rotation an international rotation in reykjavik which is the capital of iceland so um, he went out there for about a month and a half and all his pictures everything looks so cool and you can actually get really cheap flights from the united states to iceland depending on where you travel from and so I looked and I was like, all right, this is pretty cheap. I can do this. And so I booked my flight. And a week after that, um, I was flying out from uh, New York to uh, Iceland. And it was crazy. Pretty epic. Well, what was some of your highlights from the trip? I think some of the highlights were just going around the country and seeing all the natural beauty that Iceland possesses. I think like... You, we there are plenty of places that we all live in that we've all explored in the United States where you're, you know hiking to a waterfall or hiking up to a mountain um and the same can be said about a lot of things in iceland as well but they're something about their geography their terrain their landforms or just something really magical about them i don't know if it's like that allure of to you know an american traveler or a, a traveler from a different country where they're like oh wow like iceland isn't the united states so automatically in your head it's so much better or crazier or more foreign to you but for me those waterfalls like i've never been able to like walk behind a waterfall before and watch the water like pouring out from right above you like a few hundred feet above you and it's like melt water from a glacier you know i've never seen some of the mountains that i did out there like those mountains literally rise from the water and go up and it's really rare i feel like to see sometimes in my perspective because i live on the coast but we don't have mountains anywhere nearby but you know unless you go up to like maine in that part where they have Acadia National Park, you have some hills and mountains that come up from next to the sea or next to the ocean. But in Iceland, like it's pretty standard to have a mountain. It just come out from the ocean and rise up, you know, 1500 feet. And 
you know, like when you're in school as a kid and they, they tell you to draw pictures and they tell you, hey, draw a picture of a mountain. What do you draw? Like normally? Just like a triangle. Just one or like, like if you're if you're drawing like well, a mountain range or something, yeah. you just draw a bunch of triangles, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So if you've been around mountains or live in mountainous areas, you realize like that's not exactly what mountains may look like. It can, mm-hmm. but oftentimes that's not what it looks like at all. But the mountains over there totally look like that it's one specifically the best part of the trip for me was um the southeastern part of the country there's a mountain called vesterhorn which means west horn um there's also an estrahorn which is east horn and um these mountains are the ones that come out of the water and in the foreground there's like just beautiful sand dunes a beautiful beach and then just these triangles come out of the ground it's so prominent wow. and so crazy to see that you can actually just like if you kept walking you could literally touch the bottom of the mountain and that's something that i don't really see very often because if you know you where do you get to actually see the bottom of a mountain it seems like not very often you get the chance to do that you know um i mean, i don't know when you would be able to like normally so yeah because anywhere so that, that you're like a cool thing like at if you're hiking through the mountains like you're along a mountain range right like so yeah. these mountains are constantly going up and down and you don't really know where they are really at the bottom but here you can literally see the bottom that was like whoa like mind blown kind of thing it's like seeing the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow almost <laughs> but you see the bottom of the mountain like you do exist you have personal experience with that of what <laughs> finding a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow I mean, I'm not going to disclose that information. <laughs> uh, but you, you know what I'm saying, people. Don't sass me right now. Do we? Do you? Just kidding. And I think the weather in Iceland is insane. I don't think... So, okay, living in Colorado for a little bit for a summer, I understood how quickly the weather could change. You could have a 100-degree day one day, and then you could have, like, 60s the next day. It could be, like hailing at one moment and the sun will come out like and the wind will just start blowing randomly mountain meteorology is crazy and iceland is all about that mountain influence and also the influence from the gulf stream and also influence from um, being so close to the ocean i mean it's an island right so it's covered or surrounded by the ocean and there's a geothermal impact of it too it's very volcanic the country itself so there's a lot of influence from geothermal energy and everything is just so crazy just like one moment i'd be driving on the highway it would be normal sunny cloudy you know whatever and all of a sudden in a minute or two the wind just starts blowing sometimes Mm -hmm. the wind will pick up between mountain passages you know Mm -hmm. so the wind would be just blowing like 60 70 miles an hour and my car would just like i had a tiny hyundai that i rented and so the car would just like start wobbling every time a semi truck would pass by me. I would my car would be like legit like twisting, and I was like, "Oh gosh, like <laughs> I'm about to fall, I'm about to fly off the road." And then another moment, it would just start snowing, and then you just see a bunch of slush all over the road. And I'm not used to driving in snow, so I was like, "What? How do I do this?" You know? Um, they gave me snow tires, and I think they're like Great. nails that are in the snow tire, and so it kind of helps to get you traction. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't used to it, and that was one day. Another day, I woke up from my hostel, and there was, like, five inches of snow on the car and all over the road. And I was like, well, they didn't give me a snow duster or anything to get the snow off my car, so what am I supposed to do? So I just, like, used my arm 
and just like went, like just like straight armed it from the windshield and just like cleared off the windshield, cleared off the whole car because you know how you're never supposed to have snow on your car and drive because it's really dangerous for other people. Right. But they didn't give me anything to, to dust the snow off of. So I had to do it on my own. And I drove through a blizzard that day. Like it was so scary. I was driving from Reykjavik, the capital, up to the uh, Snefflenitz Peninsula. And I was going through like 40 mile an hour winds. Like, snow coming down like no other. Couldn't really see in front of you. Whiteout conditions. And I'm like, I'm a Georgia boy. I don't know what to do <laughs> in this stuff. And, like, those conditions, nobody in their right mind in the United States would be driving through that. Like, I drove through that only because I couldn't pull off to the side of the road. Because I didn't know what I would be pulling off to, you know? Like, there were rocks what? or, like, a ditch or whatever. And if I pulled off the side of the road, my car would might have flipped over. I, I don't know, you know? Was there a blizzard warning or anything? Any type of warning that went out? Yeah, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. So for travelers who go to Iceland, they either the airline or the rental car people or, or uh, whatever, they'll give you information about resources to use to check the weather in Iceland. So there are multiple websites that you can look into. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. So there's safetravel.is, and that website pretty much tells you all the different weather alerts that are in effect for you know different parts of the country. And if you're traveling to that portion or that part of the country of Iceland, then you will know what might be affecting you. So they had issued a uh, gale blizzard warning. So I mean, it's like a huge blizzard on top of that, like gale force winds. So I knew what was happening and what would happen. But I was trying to leave really early because the gale blizzard wasn't supposed to hit until later on in the afternoon. But like I said, when I woke up that morning from my hostel, there was already five inches of snow in my car. And there wasn't really supposed to be any snow at that point yet. So my goal or what I was trying to do was to get up to my destination before the snow hit. And being like weather savvy, being, you know, having an understanding of meteorology, I was thinking, okay, like I get to plan my trip more to make sure I'm safe. And then, like, not so much, because then I ended up being stuck in a blizzard. <laughs> and that was, like, terrifying. Like, cars would be coming in the... Like, okay, so Iceland, most of the roads are just two-lane roads. You're going one way, and the other car is coming the other way. So imagine, like, you're in the road, and you're driving, and you're trying to drive in the middle of the road. I know it sounds stupid, but if you're driving on the side of the road, like, you're driving over, like, feet of snow, and you can't really do that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Mm -hmm. So the middle of the road is like the most clear part of the road because it's the most uh, asphalt or whatever. So I'm driving in the middle of the road, but I have to drive like 20 miles an hour. And then if another car is coming, then I have to go back to my side of the road to make sure that we have every, you know, um, everybody's doing that. So, yeah, it's... Are you driving on the same side as in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. drive on the right side and, and everything normal uh, over there. But, um, yeah, as soon as I got to my destination, I was like, oh, my gosh. Thanks so much for like my safety because it was, I was so scared and like black ice was everywhere. My car was like slipping even at like 20 miles an hour. I did stop at one point at a um, visitor center and just sat there for a minute and pondering my life and just thinking like, huh, how did I get myself into this situation? You know? So if you, so was the weather not going to change or like, why didn't you change like your plans in order to accompany so, the weather? Yeah, so... Or take into account the weather. I think it's a really interesting perspective to get directly, you know, like doing the whole cost-benefit ratio thing in your right. mind and thinking like, oh, okay, it's a benefit outweigh the cost of my life and blah, blah. And I think as meteorologists, as communicators, as like people in our enterprise who 
think about, okay, if we put a warning out there and people have the information, then they'll act accordingly to be safe. And that's not always the case, right? So for me, I had an Airbnb booked two and a half hours north of uh, Reykjavik. And I really wanted to be there. I needed to be there. Um, Well, actually, I I can't say I needed to be there. I didn't have to be there. But I also didn't have lodging for that night if I didn't go up there. And I wanted to check out that location, that region of Iceland anyway. And I reached out to my Airbnb host. And I was like, hey, you know, the weather is supposed to be really bad. Um, what do you think? And she's like, well, there's not really a way to know until, you know, you're on your way in the morning. And I was like, all right, well, I guess that's, that means that I'm not going to have a free cancellation. And I mean, it was like 60 US dollars. Like it's not that much. And if you think about it, like the $60 outweigh your life. Like, no, your life is so much more important. But for me, I was like, I'm in a different country. I'm traveling. It's like my last day, full day to do stuff. And there's a beautiful mountain and waterfall that I really want to check out. And I have a place to stay up there. Like, why would I forego that? And if I just take it really carefully and drive safely, um, then I'll be fine. Like, that's what was going through my mind. Was it not the smartest idea? For sure. Like, but I definitely drove slowly and tried to be as safe as I could, even though the conditions were definitely not worth driving on. However, I will say, though, that Iceland has a very good system of closing down roads where they're too dangerous. So there's another website called www.road.is and it tells you the road condition and if the road is closed or whatever. So if they close the road down, then they're def- it's like impassable. Like you can't go through it. But if they leave it open, then yeah, like there's, you can still drive, but it's kind of at your own risk. But if it's too dangerous, like they're not going to leave the road open and they're not going to let people drive on it. So in my mind, already knowing that too, I was like, well, if the road's going to be open, then, you know, clearly other people will be driving too. So that also makes me feel better because they would close it if it was like way too dangerous and like life-threatening. <laughs> that was my thinking anyway. So as long as others are doing it, you're you're cool with it too. Yeah, it, which is like, again, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like you're, you're, it's, you're no, laughing. it's so interesting to hear this perspective because like we're the ones that always kind of bark about like, Oh, like the importance of communication and warnings mm-hmm. and providing yeah, this sure. information uh, as a means to change behavior or inform people as a means of saying like the, the the knowledge that someone is gaining is beneficial to them and is helping them in, in a certain way and encouraging them to do something different. Um, but that's not always the case. And uh, sometimes we don't really think about that or consider it. So I think it really highlights it when you yourself experience the the same feelings that like joe public kind of weighs in their mind when they're making decisions and joanna public yeah and joanna <laughs> well i mean you and i have talked about this before too like remember during hurricane harvey where people were like oh like you know if you don't drive on the, like if you don't have to be on the road like don't drive and then people were like well mm-hmm. if i don't drive to work my boss is gonna fire me Right. And then we're like, well, people, we always think that people will take our information and act on it. But that obviously people have their own different circumstances. For me, it was like being in a foreign country and not being able to see this stuff anymore. Yep. You know, like obviously staying put, being safe and living to explore another country another day is the best choice to do. But for me, I was like, no, like I'm not going to. I'm I'm hopefully not going to get hurt. And that's my risk I'm taking. And so, yeah, it's very interesting. You're right to to see it happen and play out, and then realize that yeah, every all the signs were pretty much against me, but I decided to do it anyway. And and I, I was just gonna say, I think it's important 
because we also have a lot of people visiting the U.S., so they're under those same circumstances as yeah. I'm in a foreign country and I just got this alert, but I really have to get to my hotel because like that's the only connection that I have in this country right now, and that's that's like my livelihood of like where I'm gonna stay. Yeah, and like it's pre-booked and I've already paid for it, so. Like I have to get there. And at that point, that priority takes like it, it jumps up to the very top because that's that's the only thing that matters right then and right then and there. So and you brought up a great point, too, because like we think about the what do we have like near 400 million people that live in the United States now? Mm-hmm. Like how many of that or how many more people do we have who aren't yeah. from here? Who are visitors right. you know like we don't think about that very often but people from other countries people who don't speak english very well maybe they're not going to get the information so how do they stay safe that's so that sounds like another podcast waiting to happen <laughs> <laughs> interviewing tourists from a different country who yes, don't speak english very on well the street i'll i'll try to get someone in vietnamese maybe because i can like understand oh, what they're saying cool. um but yeah no it's just it's very interesting stuff Hi, my name is Dina Knightley, and I'm the co-host of Stormfront Freaks Podcast, the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. And here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which include tornadoes. Is your family prepared for severe weather? Practice makes perfect, which is why it's important to conduct a family severe thunderstorm drill regularly so everyone knows what to do if a tornado is approaching. The safest place in your home is your basement, storm cellar, or an interior room on the lowest floor with no windows. Don't forget the furry members of your family. Make sure your pets are included in your family emergency plan. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov forward slash WRN. So speaking of weather and alarms and alerts and information, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe some of the emergency management things that you did in Iceland or some well, of the <laughs> information that you found out on emergency management? Well, I'm glad you asked, Castle, because yeah. you ask and you shall receive. Great. Yeah. So I was saying with uh, my brother's friends and they're pretty well connected with the Icelandic government. And so the first day I arrived at the airport, we were delayed because of all the wind and rain. And I finally got to my the home that I was staying with. And um, the my uh, the people hosting me, uh, Sved and Christine, they were really gracious, really nice. They had breakfast waiting for me. And then we just Ooh. started talking. Yeah, it was great. Breakfast. So for breakfast, they had uh, tomatoes, like uh, cherry tomatoes, cucumber, and then they had... Um, I guess it's like pumpernickel bread or like a Mm. black rye bread. And then they have like a big block of cheese and you just like slice pieces of cheese, put on your bread, um, pepperoni to put on the bread too. So it's like a cold brunch. I don't know. It was just really, really good. It was a little brunch. Mm. They had Mm. uh, orange juice and they had uh, this like yogurt that was in like a milk carton. And it like was, it looked like the consistency of like half and half. Mm-hmm. But it was like fruity yogurt tasting. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is really good too. But anyway, so we talked about, you know, just getting to know each other because I'd never met them before. And then they asked me, oh, like, what are you studying? What are you doing? 
And I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a meteorologist and I'm really interested in communication and emergency management, stuff like that. And uh, Sved was like, oh, hey, well, um, I actually know the people who are in charge of the emergency management operations in Iceland. Do you want to talk to them and maybe meet them today? I was like, oh, yeah, so cool. sure. Like, I'd, I'd love to. Um, I was really tired, though, because I only had slept maybe half an hour on the flight. and It was a six hour flight. Um, and for that, it was like 24 hours that I had traveled because of all the delays and all the crazy stuff. I was exhausted, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm definitely not going to pass up on this opportunity. So he drove me over to the, uh, center in Reykjavik and it was really cool to hear from people who are running emergency management and emergency services in a different country. Granted, like Iceland only has roughly I think like 300,000 or 350,000 people. So it's equivalent in population wise to, you know, a small state. And the size area, I think somebody compared it to the size of Kentucky, which mm, I don't know if that gives you perspective, but um, it's also not that large. It's pretty big if you think about it. If you're driving around, it takes a while. But um, in all honesty, it's not like the largest country either. It's pretty small, especially compared to its neighbor, Greenland. So first things first. So their emergency services, uh, it's all coordinated out of Reykjavik. And they send out services to other parts of the country and have little centers or buildings in other parts of the country, other regions where they might dispatch people. But they're instead of the 911 system, they have 112. So you dial 112 if you need any emergency help or something's happening, medical, um, physical, whatever, crime, which crime is like pretty much non-existent in Iceland. But um, you dial 112, all the calls go into one center in Reykjavik, and then they direct your call somehow, some other way um, to help respond to whatever crisis that you're dealing with. And I think they get roughly 300,000 calls per year. And about a third of those end up being that things that they actually need to respond to. So hmm. they will respond to a cat stuck in a tree. Like that's an emergency response technically. Aww. Yeah, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> fires, uh, boat rescues, uh, hiker rescues, stuff like that. That's all things that they'll respond to, which is really interesting. Did they say anything about like why they chose the 112? I'm just um, curious. I'm not sure. I, I mean... But why do we choose nine one one? You know? Yeah, I don't know. It's smarter though one one two because I feel like nine one one is like uh kind of farther to reach. Yeah. Like if you're in a struggling to call someone, like one one two is like right next to each other. Yeah. Um, I I agree. I I wonder. I'm sure other countries also have different digits to call for emergencies. So I wonder what all the countries' digits they use are. You know? Like it might be five 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 or five five four or. You know? Or why are, why isn't that a, like a standardized thing? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, then again, every country wants to do things differently, right? So it's hard to to be like, yo. But why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> These are questions. Somebody, if you know why, if you're a listener, you know why. Consistency. Send us an email. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> no, no. No, no. No, no. No, no. But I mean, it, it's a valid question. Like, why? It is. It is. I agree. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't we standardize that? So, if someone's traveling from Iceland in the U.S., like they know what the emergency equivalent would be, so they wouldn't have to like try and figure out like, oh, what is? It's like a language. Like, how do I translate? Yeah. Into the U.S. emergency dial. Sorry, it was a tangent. Continue. No, 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 not at all. Because I, I mean, you bring up a good point too. Because when you go to a different country, how many times are you thinking about like, oh, how do I get? 
emergency services to come you're you not. don't think about that i don't think about that until very often, like and I until something happens then you're like oh oh crap <laughs> yeah exactly so again things that you start thinking about more when you start traveling more like oh how do i get people to respond to me or call the police if something bad happens but no you bring up a great point something that was interesting too so i re- i mentioned how you know a big part of what happens in iceland um, is emergency rescues so people hikers who might be stranded a blizzard might occur or a volcanic eruption that's like a huge type of um, emergency that they'd have to deal with so um, they have a lot of volunteers actually who will go out and and for the uh, search and rescue operations so we think about in the united states you have you know police you have the national guard you have uh, more official entities who are in charge of search and rescue but in Iceland, it's mostly volunteer-based. So you have a lot of people throughout the country who are trained in that, who know what to do, and, and they're trained from a young, like in high school or early college. And they're trained in, you know, what kind of things you should do, basic training in that way. Because Iceland has no standing military, no National Guard again, so they don't have that official capacity to really respond. And it's such a small country population-wise anyway. And so people kind of step up to the plate. I think here in the United States, we have, we kind of take for granted the services that we have. So people don't maybe have that training. You can certainly sign up for it at a local level, the, um, you know, community emergency uh, response team, which is CERT, C-E-R-T. A lot of local emergency management offices will offer free training to citizens who want to and come forward to get that training so they can be used um, during times of uh, crises and emergencies, but in Iceland, a lot of people will respond. And so my uh, my host, Sved, was saying how he was on vacation somewhere and he got a call. He's like one of the specialized people. So he got a call and said, hey, like you're nearby this area where they need a search and rescue for a missing hiker. So he and then random other volunteers all met up in this location, coordinated, and then went about their search, you know? Which, it's so cool. It's like very, it seems very like community focused or like, yeah, I don't know, like very together. It is because, like. you know, I, I remember I tweeted a photo and I mentioned that and I think um, Ashley, our friend Ashley on uh, Twitter had mentioned like, you know, it didn't sound too organized. So she was really curious about how it worked. And I had further uh, conversations with the people about it. And yeah, there's official training for people. So it's not like they're just pulling people off the street and saying, hey, you're going to help come to search. It's not, yeah. not volunteer randos. <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. <laughs> but um, they're officially mm-hmm. trained. And then after the official training, uh, people can request to have more uh, specialized training. So if you want, you can get more training in like diving or like uh, specialized hiking or like spelunking, going through ice caves to rescue people or things like that, you know, um, that require more skills than just like your basic search and rescue. So then, you know, those volunteers can help cover um, some of those more uh, difficult operations that they might have. And when they do have an emergency, similar to the United States, your local emergency management in your community will have an emergency operations center. And that's where you have a bunch of people from the community coming in and they're all responding together. So you have entities from the police department, the hospital, the health department, the fire department. You have 
you know, everybody represented and they all function for their own branch of the government. And so if they're needed, then they can dispatch their own team and coordinate everything. It's very complicated and crazy, but um, it's a good system. So Iceland did the same thing. If there was a volcanic eruption like there was in 2010, then they coordinate everything. They have everybody in one place. And what was interesting, too, they have members of the media in that room and the media is in charge of reporting, right? So they're reporting out mm-hmm. to the country and to the world. But if you're a media member and you're in that emergency operations center, you have to sign a contract and saying stuff like, you cannot disclose information that we say that you can't. You, mm-hmm. We're using you to disseminate crucial information and what we say you, you have to say, you have to say it. So it kind of gets really um, technical in the way that mm-hmm. they are able to talk and report about the story. And that's an agreement they have to do because they don't want, you know, reporters leaking out information about something that they don't want out there. So they have to sign an agreement and communicate everything the way that um, the folks want them to, which is really interesting. Because yeah. like the members of the media for us, they just sit outside the emergency operations center, the EOC. They don't go inside of it, I don't think. So it was interesting to hear that perspective as well. But yeah, no, it's for the most part, it's very a great system. Again, they don't have that many people, so they don't maybe deal with like the large metropolitan issues. They don't deal maybe, I mean, they certainly have plans for a lot of things, but do they see it happening all the time? Not necessarily, but it's very interesting to see that and and get a feel for it. And now I have Icelandic emergency management friends, so you never know when that might come in handy, you know? We could have them on the podcast. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. They could uh, teach us how to say cool things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm like... Like the volcano. Oh my gosh. <laughs> do you, okay, so <laughs> you, do you want to spell it out for everybody? Yeah. E-Y-J-A-F-J-A-L-L-A-J-O with a, uh, two dots. It's called... What's it called? It's called... I a, forgot. I forgot what it's called. Uh, anyway, with... Uh, K-U-L-L. So <laughs> I got a um, I got a lesson on how to pronounce it. We'll attach some videos on our website and tweet it out too, but there's some funny attempts by the media to pronounce it back when it erupted in 2010. Uh, let me see if I can get it right. So it's Eya Fietle Jokolk. Like you have to do a K at the end of it. Uh, maybe that's the O. So it's Eya Fietle Eya Fietle Jokolk. The like eruption it. of <laughs> I want to be able to say that one day if I'm like ever doing a weathercast on TV. It'd be like, and uh, the eruption of Eya <laughs> Fiat It's fun to Just say once to you get it. Off. Yeah, exactly. That, that, that's one uh, British meteorologist who did it. Um, I think his name was Thomas or Tomas. But yeah, he did it back in 2010 and uh, it was a very valiant attempt. He threw it in there twice into his weathercast. So kudos to him. But yeah, Icelandic terminology words are very difficult but um i did learn that saying bye is bless like bless you but if you say it twice yeah if you say it twice like bless bless it's kind of like a bye 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 and that's what people say the most so you're like bless bless and they're like bye bye and i I said that to some people um that i came across and they're like bless bless or like bless bless and it's just kind of fun you know (laughs) is there like a cheers or there is i do not remember how to say cheers in icelandic um but there is definitely like those small things that you try and pick up when you travel yeah yeah that's true i didn't drink too much beer okay so one thing about iceland that i have to mention if you're planning on going there if you haven't already looked into it everything is 
really expensive. So getting to Iceland is very affordable. You're like paying for stuff around Iceland, not so much. Cause um, gasoline. How much do you think a gallon of gas is over there? Um. Okay. First of all, what's the tr- like the trans the like the transition rate for? Do they use U.S. dollars or what is their currency? So they use um, Icelandic krona, ISK, okay. and uh, they're not. They don't use a euro. But the the rough why the, why am I saying transition the currency it's exchange because rate I said it. exchange rate. <laughs> the exchange <laughs> the transition rate I couldn't uh, think of the word <laughs> the exchange rate for Icelandic krona ISK is about a hundred per one dollar of US dollars so it's pretty easy um, it fluctuates okay. a little bit so when I was there it was ninety nine ISK was one dollar so I didn't quite get the most bang for my buck if you will um, but it's a hundred roughly a hundred so a thousand would be ten dollars. Yes, exactly. Yep. And it's Um, confusing because when they write prices on like merchandise, it'll be like 1.0 or 1.000 and that's 10, not 1. So at first I was like, oh shoot, I can afford this. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, I can't. (laughs) This is 6.0, you know? So my guess for the gas is going to be 6.75 ISK. 6.75. So you take a $6.75? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're pretty close. Uh, you're in the ballpark. Um, it's about eight eight hundred ISK for a gallon. Mm. So they do it by liter. So it's like two point two, two point one seven for one liter, and so it's about four liters to get to a gallon. So uh, one gallon of gas over there is about eight bucks, which is like holy moly, like almost quadruple the times it is for us over here. Um, at times. So it's not at times. <laughs> yeah. Right now, gas is really expensive. Holy Knock moly. On wood. It's like almost three dollars here in, in Georgia. Oh, where is it? Is so, it? I mean, I don't know. I so this is like a good thing about my car, but I haven't gotten gas in two months. Um, oh my gosh, have you traveled in your car in two months? I mean, I've gone to Atlanta once, but that's it. Dang boy, you need to go go to places. Actually, Atlanta stuff. twice. I went to the airport. Actually, three times. I went. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess four if you can. <laughs> oh, okay. I went to the airport and back, and then I went hiking and back. So. That's a time. pretty decent amount. So I that's have like half a tank. What? What kind yeah. of car do you have again? Kia Optima. Bloop. Thanks. <laughs> what the hype? Sponsored by Kia. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So gas is expensive. Getting expensive more here too. So let me think about some of this stuff. So there are different grocery stores in Iceland that you can go to. Some are a lot more affordable and cheaper than others. So there's a grocery store called Bonus, and the logo is like a big pink pig. So I get this like, oh, saving money. It's like Piggly Wiggly. Kind of, yeah. Um, their pig is a little bit cuter and it's like the whole shape of the pig, not just like the creepy face, you know? <laughs> Shout <laughs> so out did bonus. Did they have t-shirts? Did they have um, t-shirts? No, but I'm sure somebody will make it on like Redbubble or something. But they're, I mean, you can get produce. It's probably about like twice or three times it's more expensive. So like a banana would be like a dollar instead of like 33 cents for a banana. Um, so is this like the ploy, like the traveling to get there is like cheap so that you like spend a lot of money i mean i don't think it's like a ploy it's like just like (laughs) their cost of living is really high over there right so they had a huge financial meltdown uh back in the late 2000s i think that kind of Mm. coincided with the recession but not quite um and so a lot of things were terrible over there things were you know not so great but they had a huge tourism boom and that's really helped them to overcome all of their financial woes back in the late 2000s. And so um, things are just really rising and going up. They also have the highest rate of pay 
for workers and and um, ah. people employees in Iceland uh, compared or uh, for the whole entire uh, continent of Europe. So they have the highest pay in Europe, but one of the highest cost of living. But people tend to live there comfortably, from what I've been told. Like people aren't struggling to deal with those high prices, but tourists who are coming from different countries are like, "Whoa, like why is a block of cheese like twenty dollars?" You know, why mm-hmm. is a? I mean, some things I found that were pretty normal. Well, like a bag of pasta was like two about two dollars. A can of tomato sauce was like two dollars a, a bag of shredded cheese was like five dollars so like yeah not too terrible but other things like a two liter of coke would be like five dollars maybe um a package of like one piece of salmon fifty dollars for salmon what? i was like i thought salmon grew like f- they swam around here like <laughs> I thought it grew here <laughs> <laughs> on trees <laughs> i mean you never know um and then like their their alcohol the the trick is if you're getting beer or alcohol to buy it at the duty free shop in the airport uh, in iceland in reykjavik don't buy it in a grocery store or anywhere else because it's like hella expensive like a bottle of wine would be like 10 times the price like you'd pay 50 bucks for a bottle of like cheap like arbor mists maybe it's insane so, yeah, that's, like, the, the big thing about traveling to Iceland is you need to be careful about, like, knowing how much things cost. But also, if you're traveling with people, like, I went alone. And if I had gone with other people, I could have split the cost. It would have been cheaper. But um, my schedule didn't really allow for uh, coordination with other people. So, going by myself, I spent a decent amount of money, unfortunately. But, you know, the experiences, you can't really put a, a price on that, technically, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, you can. But I choose not to. <laughs> I choose not to. There you go. That's a good way to think about it. Okay. I was going to do a quick fire, an Iceland quick fire, and just throw some questions out at you. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, Did you try any like cool foods or like delicacies of Iceland? Ooh, man. So the whole price thing, because I was already spending so much money on everything else, I didn't really get to eat good food. Uh, One night I ate a burger and fries for like... $17 $17 and the burger was like nothing special, but instead of using ketchup, they used Alden Island. So that was kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. So that's a fun tidbit. Um, I had hot dogs, a bunch of hot dogs there. So they're uh. really, they're known for their hot dogs. Mm. They're pilsers, I think is what they call them. Um, and there's like this really famous uh, Icelandic hot dog stand in Reykjavik. Uh, I don't remember the name. I can picture the name, but I obviously won't be able to pronounce it, so I'm not going to try. Um, <laughs> but for 4.50, you can get a Icelandic hot dog, which it is a hot dog bun with caramelized or not caramelized a uh, fried onion at the bottom of the bun, topped with raw onion. Then you put the hot dog on there. That's like not quite boiled, but cooked through the process of warm water. And I think they use lamb meat, but you'd have to fact check me on that one. And then they put ketchup. They put like Not a Thousand brown. Island. No, no Thousand Island on this one. <laughs> they put like a, a green, creamy, like relish um, kind of uh, sauce on it. And then they put a like a brown mustard on it as well. Um, <sighs> it's been known to be the the most famous hot dog stand in the world. 
which is pretty crazy. Um, and mm-hmm. seeing that I didn't really get to eat great food, that was really good to me. So a lot of people were in line to get that place, and people always go there when they go to Reykjavik or Iceland for sure. It was like right next to my hostel too, like a two minute walk. So why not, right? That was really good, and I pretty much I just bought a bunch of like lunch meat, bread, you know, snacks, salad, stuff like that to keep me going, and I brought a bunch of Cliff bars and granola bars from. U.S. from the U.S. to Iceland so that when I'm driving around I have something to munch on and because if you're driving around in Iceland you're not going to have McDonald's like everywhere like there were no McDonald's that I saw the only talk uh chains I saw were Taco Bell and KFC and Quiznos and Subway that's it Hmm. so and you go like you know you can go a couple hours without seeing anything so it's not like you're going to be able to stop and get food whenever you want so I figured why not remedy that and bring my own cliff bars Ta-da. Uh, um, were there any like cool candies or like desserts or anything? Um, you saw or tried. I bought some Icelandic chocolate. Um, mm. and they're they're pretty good. Iceland is not like world renowned for their chocolate, but people in Iceland know they have good chocolate. And I think because people are traveling there more, they are starting to realize that Iceland has really good chocolate and good chocolate manufacturers. So, um, I bought some chocolate from Iceland, brought them home. Uh, and I'm eating them now. There's like a salted caramel one that I'm eating. My mom and dad were complaining that it was a little bit too salty for them, which is weird because I never think of <laughs> chocolate being too salty. I thought it was great. Definitely could taste the salt, but like it wasn't like overwhelming or anything. But they have a bunch of different like um, types of food that you can, you know, eat. I do want to mention, though, when I was staying at my um, friend's house, the um, Christine cooked for the family and I was able to join them for dinner a couple of times. So we had some really good food. Like she actually made salmon. She baked the salmon. Um, She had this really cool avocado thing where you cut the avocado in half. You top it with like a shrimp and a like a cheese and oil mixture and you put some uh you squeeze the lime on top of it and you kind of mix it around in the avocado itself and that was kind of an appetizer that was really good and then i was around there for around easter so a big tradition over there is you know how like in america you have big chocolate easter bunnies yeah so over there they have giant hollow chocolate easter bunnies and you put the easter bunny on the table and then you just like get your fist and you just like whack it and you break the easter bunny and then inside of it is like a bunch of like candies and toys. So it's like a Wonder Ball or a Kinder, mm. a Kinder egg, but it's like an Easter Bunny. So inside of the Easter Bunny, you have like gummy worms, you have like toys, oh, you have like weird. little, you have like malt chocolate balls. Like it's, it was a lot of fun actually. Like a pinata. So, yeah, it's like a pinata, but an edible pinata that you don't have mm. to close your eyes and, and hit. <laughs> you can see it and just whack a fist into it and break it, which is nice. So, um, yeah. So that was my uh, eating adventures, I guess. Hopefully, uh, okay. yeah. Um, next question: Was there? Did you watch any TV shows, or were people talking about t- different any kind of TV shows while you were there? So everywhere that I went, like every house that I went to, I didn't really see a TV. Okay, which is interesting. Like they definitely yeah, have TV in Iceland, but and I'm sure people definitely do watch like Netflix and stuff, but. Everywhere I stayed, whether it's in hostel or an Airbnb, none of those had TVs. Um, I did see like a TV on in a business one time, I think, and I think like the news was on, but no one really talked about anything TV related or anything like that that I could see. Okay. And I don't, I think it's just such a beautiful country with so much stuff to do that people just don't need to be. They don't but watch I mean, TV if it's as like much. A blizzard outside, like you need to have something to do. Yeah, like fornicate. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, that's not the direction I was going. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Um, what was the culture like or like the atmosphere? So like being around and walking around or yeah. being out with other people or Iceland, I think it, it, it definitely shows that it's really diverse, even though I think roughly 10% are not from Iceland who live there. But because of it being so heavily traveled because of tourism, you see people from everywhere. So you see people from Asia, you see people from Europe, see a lot of Americans there, a lot of Canadians, uh, people from England. So uh, you see a lot of different people. I will admit that I didn't really see a lot of um, black people, to be honest. Um, but that's just my observation throughout my experiences there. I will say Iceland is also extremely progressive in their uh, politics and their lifestyles and everything, too. They are one of the only countries that pays women equally to men. And that's like a law. So it is, it is literally illegal Preach. to pay women less than men, which is amazing for me to, to see that. Yeah, that's great. The LGBTQ community is extremely accepted over there. So there's like very seldom is there any bigotry, hatred or anything like that. Equality is huge over there. Everyone's very understanding. So that's really cool. And they have universal health care. All their laws are very progressive. And like you said earlier with the emergency management stuff, like Iceland, it feels like a giant community. People really do mm -hmm. know each other. They look out for each other. That's like their culture and, and how it is. And I think that's what differentiates us, unfortunately, in our country. People seem to be more like, it's me and maybe like my family, but like that's all I care about. I don't care about right. like a whole entire society. I don't want to get into that too much. I know that there are differences between the two countries, obviously, but that is something that I wish I'd saw more in our country. Like, yeah, we all come together during tragedies for sure, but we're so yeah. divided and all this stuff happens and we seem to forget that we're all humans and we're all people. So like, why don't we start acting like it and coming together more than focusing on like all the bad stuff, you know? Yeah. I think also for us, like there's so many people that it's hard to like really get that community vibe and like connect with people. But I think if we were, if there were less people like in Iceland, there's like, there's more of like a joint kind of effort in keeping the country like, going well and like in a good place yeah so i feel like th there's like a i'm thinking of it almost as like an up down upside down u-curve you know there, there reaches a certain point when there's too many people and it becomes like difficult to really connect as one because it's kind of overwhelming to think of like everyone in our country working together for a common goal um yeah, but and it's just I, like what I'm thinking about. I can see that, but also I'm looking at countries that are heavily populated, especially Asian countries, and they are much more tight knit than I think our society yeah. is, even too. Yeah. Like that's just like cultural and custom stuff. Like, right. yeah. you know, like Vietnam is a really heavily, you know, populated country. Indonesia, Philippines, like all these countries are very heavily populated, but they also have a different mindset about how they see things. You know. Um, so it's just very, it's just like an observation that I, I noticed that for sure there are so many differences between all the countries. Um, and I know it's a huge challenge over here in the United States and, and whatnot, but, um, it is what it is. Okay. Next question. Um, <laughs> did you run into any celebrities while you were there? <laughs> Fun fact there, people in Iceland don't consider anybody a celebrity. Like th that's not really a thing over there. So there's a famous, um, artist called Bjork from iceland and um i've heard stories from people that she will just be walking around town and people would just be like hey how's it going and they won't like there's no paparazzi there's nobody like 
clamoring to see her, to take photos with her, to get her autograph. Like, that's not a thing. So if you're, like, an Icelandic um, celebrity or a famous person, you're just a, a known person. That's what they call it. Like, you're well-known. You're not a celebrity to them. They don't treat you any differently, which is actually pretty cool. That is cool. But no, I did not see any celebrities. No, like, U.S. celebrities? No, I didn't. Because you always seem to run into someone when you're traveling, so... That's true. I didn't see anybody this time, but maybe I was blinded by, like, the snow. I didn't see anybody. I don't know. Okay, next question. Um, What were the road signs like? <laughs> they're, uh, they're pretty interesting. Um, so, their speed limit sign is pretty standard. It's a number, but it's in kilometers per hour, not uh, miles per hour. Um, they have a lot of different signs. Like there's a blue circle with like a red line going through it. And that I thought meant don't turn down that road, but it means <laughs> don't park on that road. So at one point I turned down a road like that when I first got my car and I was like, oh shoot, like I'm driving down the wrong road or down the wrong way on the road. Somebody's going to hit me head on. So I like, b- like pu- reversed my car as, as fast as I could to make sure I didn't turn down there. But then a bunch of other cars are going down that way. I was like, oh. So I asked somebody for clarification. Great. There's some other interesting signs too. Um, they have a lot of one-way bridges. So the the main road going around Iceland is called Ring Road or Highway 1 or Route 1. And it's two lanes. But a lot of times you'll come across a bridge that's only one lane. So you have to stop and make sure that you yield to other cars who are coming across the bridge. And then they have to yield to you if you're coming across the bridge too. So it's like a sign that doesn't it's like kind of confusing when you look at it, but then when you think about it, it's like, oh, it makes sense. But I wasn't really sure. It, it looked like, um, so if you think about a parentheses and you think about it closing like a, a phrase or a word, but think mm-hmm. about the parentheses going out the opposite way. So like it's okay, it's like concave outward. So yeah. it's like concave outward and it's just kind of showing like the bridge is narrowing in the middle and then coming back out again to the two lane road. Ah. Yeah. So that was, um, that was interesting. Um, and then there's a few other stuff that I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on. And all their road signs are, they speak English very widely in Iceland. They're taught that in school. So almost everybody will speak English and they can. And they don't mind speaking English too, which is cool. But none of their road signs are in English. They're all in Icelandic. So locations are all uh, crazy words and everything else is like um, in their own uh, language, which is totally fine because that's their country and they should totally do that. And that's what signs are for, to make universal symbols into meaning. Yep, exactly. They don't always do a great job of it, but that's... Not always. <laughs> Not always. Um, last question, most important one. Okay. Is there ice in Iceland? What? <laughs> what a question is that? Okay. Um. So, yeah, it's a land of fire and ice. So, fire coming from geothermal volcanoes. Ice is in, like, it's very snowy and it's a lot of mountains and stuff. They have some of the best water you will ever drink. It's so pure and clean, and it's like drinking Fiji water from the tap. Except mm. I don't really drink Fiji water, so I don't know. Yeah. But I'm just comparing it to like the highest end water I can think of. If you turn on the cold tap, you're getting like clean, like clear, delicious water, and it tastes like no no taste, no flavor, which is like the best type of water you want. Um, if you turn on the hot water tap, they funnel through like geothermally warmed water through Ooh. the uh, pipes. So you'll also have like boilers in your house or other things that um, will use the warm water to heat up your home. So they uh, are 100% run on renewable energy, the whole country. So they're fortunate enough to have that geothermal um, energy. Yeah, that's awesome. But they don't emit any uh, emissions at all, which is like super cool. So they're carbon neutral. And so if you turn on the hot water tap, 
you have a smaller rotten eggs because it's like sulfur in the water. Yeah. Um, that's like naturally there. That's the only drawback is if you're taking a shower, it smells like you're like bathing in rotten eggs sometimes. <laughs> but it's okay because it's really clean and everything's fine. You just drink the cold water, not the hot water. So cool. Ta-da. So there is ice in Iceland. Yes. <laughs> That's all I have. Those are the, all the questions that I have for you. Well, thank you Sorry. for those questions. Sure thing. Yeah. And I have a travel blog that I will link you guys to as well. If you guys want to check out more of my travels, I went to a bunch of different cool places, bunch of waterfalls, small little hikes, stuff like that. Um, would be more than happy to give you guys recommendations as places to go um, and some tips and tricks to get around. Because there are a few things that we didn't mention that I think uh, would be quite useful for you if you do ever travel to the beautiful country of uh, Iceland. It is now that time in the podcast for it's our time. songs of the week. Songs, songs. plural, plural. <laughs> plural. <laughs> does that mean what I think it means? It does. Bum, bum, bum. Wait, Multiple did you did you uh, have a song of the week last episode? I did. I just threw it in real quick. I oh. threw in uh, "No Excuses" by Megan Trainer. Oh, cool. Did you ask Joe if he had a song? I did not. Oh, that's okay. Joe, you can tweet us your song of the week if you want. We're just so into our discussion on warnings that it just completely slipped my mind. I mean, that's only natural. I think a lot of people would be sucked into that kind of conversation as well. So uh, don't blame me there. But uh, Castle, do you want to start off with your song of the week? So the first song that I will start with is called In My Blood by Shawn Mendes. Mm. Um, it's a great <laughs> song. Mm. Mm. I didn't mean it like mm. that. I like, mm. I like mm. the song. Also, Shawn um, Mendes okay. are cool too. Continue. So in my blood, I was having like a, so it's been a while since we've recorded, right? Yeah. Like together. It's been like probably three weeks, four weeks, a month, maybe. Yeah. Probably a month. Yeah. Um, so since then I've been doing a lot of writing for like grants and stuff. And at one point I was having like a really hard time with just like feeling overwhelmed and just we've talked about this on the podcast before, but just like fighting every day for like social science is just sometimes you just get bummed out. And so I was just like having a really low point and I heard this song and people who listen to the podcast know that I don't normally listen to the lyrics. Um, it's mostly like the, the catchiness of the song that gets me first. And then I listen to the lyrics, but for some reason I was driving to school in the morning and this song came on and it just like hit me like really hard because this was exactly how I was feeling. Like I felt like giving up. I felt like I wanted to just throw the towel in, but at the end of the day, I can't because like fighting is in my blood. And like, that's what Sean Mendes, like, I'm sure it's in a different context, but like, that's how it spoke to me. And so, yeah, it was just like such a great point in my life to receive that message that there are other people out there too, that feel like giving up, but they, they don't, they, they, get up and go the next day and keep fighting so it was just like a really kind of rough point that I was having and I just really appreciated the song because it just really spoke to me and um so I just I liked it a lot what is your first song of the week <laughs> <laughs> um so sticking with the Icelandic theme I downloaded some songs I literally went on YouTube and was like trying to find songs from artists in Iceland and so there's like this really funky uh Icelandic alternative pop band that existed I think from 2006 until recently in 2016 they uh ended uh their their band tour and everything but they're called Retro Stefson 
Retro Sefson. I don't know how to pronounce that, but um, they have some really fun songs. I don't know. There's something about them. I downloaded like eight of their songs and just played it on my uh, iPod in the car when I was driving around and everything. So the song I chose for you guys is called Glow. Um, the music video is just a bunch of fun. Two guys are riding a bike and they're just dry, uh, riding it around Reykjavik and exploring and seeing different sights from the city, things that I even recognize. Uh, I thought it was pretty awesome. It's very upbeat and very positive. So I recommend you guys checking out them and checking out the band. They're, they're not together anymore, but they still have a bunch of great songs um, and some really interesting YouTube videos of their uh, music. So certainly check that out. I'll link you guys to that too. Uh, Castle, second song, go. My second song is called High Horse by Casey Musgraves. I've never heard of her before, but the name sounds familiar, but I've never heard of her before. But I took about three three weeks off from the Pop Rising playlist because I was in hardcore writing mode. And I have my specific playlist that I listen to when I write um, that kind of just like help me uh get what I need onto the page we were I was catching up with men and I told him that I hadn't listened to any like new songs in a while and he's like you gotta get back over there so (laughs) I started listening to pop rising and this song really jumped out to me it's all about kind of you know that one person that feels like they're above you and um, they just kind of want to talk down to you and so she plays off kind of the western theme of the phrase like get off your high horse Mm, and um she just kind of uses a lot of like horse lingo in order to kind of get the point across that this person can just horse lingo yeah like giddy up and like she uses all these like words ride that and yeah right out of the country like boots and like cowboy kind of words um just to kind of (laughs) and cowboy colloquialism cowboy yeah exactly to kind of get the point across as like you know what that person on the high horse they can just keep on riding like out out onto the sunset or whatever like i don't need them yeah um so but it has a really good uh tune to it and that's what kind of hooked me initially so okay that's my second song what is your second song I've been trying to not pull so much from the uh, Pop Rising playlist because I figured, you know, there are songs out there that deserve to be spotlighted and maybe we don't see them as often because we're so tunnel vision with Spotify Pop Rising. It's a good playlist, but anyway, this is the only song that was on the playlist that I had found. So um, it's Callum Scott. He won uh, Britain's Got Talent, I think right or one of those shows. He's British and the song You Are The Reason, man. I was just singing that all night last night on my bed, and I just like started crying singing it, <laughs> which is Wait, so is weird. This... Which one is this one? You are the reason that I'm still breathing. I climb every mountain. Oh yeah, I love that song. Swim every ocean. It's on the yeah. Prop Rising playlist. That's what I'm saying. It is on it. Like I try oh. not. I don't. I like preface all that and then ended up saying this is on the pop rising which didn't make any sense yeah it's it's such a great like belter song oh my gosh it's so good so i have like a new appreciation for callum scott i was if you guys don't know him he won one of those music shows in uh britain and (laughs) one of those music shows (laughs) i'm sorry i don't remember it might i don't remember which one it was i'm sorry okay Um, keep talking and i'll google it so he saying he was really known for um his dancing on my own um his 
rendition of it from Robin. Like, I'll keep dancing on my own. Anyway, so you guys have probably heard that. And so he's back at it again and, and singing some really great songs. So um, he had a rough go when he first won the show because he kind of wanted to keep his life private and didn't really know how to talk about different things. And um, so he just came out as a gay man and he wasn't really comfortable with that. And he used inspiration from Sam Smith and other people to become more comfortable. And at first, when I heard Dancing on My Own, it's a song by Robin. And, you know, it's like, you know, I'm in the dance club. I'm here, but he doesn't see me. Why am I not the one that he loves and takes me home and stuff like that? And I was like, oh, this is really interesting that he's singing about like this song. And he didn't change the pronouns up at all. I thought it was really curious. And um, he addressed that, actually. He said, you know, I want to keep the pronouns the same as Robin, who is a female singer. Um, she's also really big into um, LGBTQ rights and everything, too. And it was kind of a um, anthem for, for those who are dancing in the club and going through that kind of scene, if you will. So anyway, Callum Scott and his song, You Are the Reason, it's such a good song. I, If you haven't heard it yet, just look it up and the music video is beautiful um it's just really saying how somebody is really special to you and you do anything for them and i think that's something a very universal message that we can all uh hop on board with so and callum scott too it's it's great to see him you know being more comfortable and everything as well so um that's my second song castle okay third and last britain has got talent it's britain has got talent so it was britain's got talent all right so 2015 Okay. I also like that first name, Callum. You don't see that very often. No, the other other Callum I know is like I don't even remember what the other Callum. I think it's like an actor or something. Um, so my my third song is "Alien" by Sabrina Carpenter. She I've seen a lot of her stuff on the Pop Rising playlist. I think she just released her album maybe a few months ago. This song I don't really know what it's about, so sorry guys, but it is really i really like the i just like singing to it and i like the <laughs> kind of the the rhythm it has um it's just really cool and i like all of her stuff so go check her out make her an your artist of the week just to check out yeah for sure and your third song of the week sir so my third song of the week is kind of a little bit of a not a curveball, but it kind of just happened yesterday i was driving home from playing volleyball and a song i heard on the radio came on and this station is really cool. Sometimes they play a lot of new songs that you really haven't heard yet that may mm-hmm. not even be that big, but they just play Ooh. them anyway, which is fun. So this song is by Matt Kearney, and it's called Kings and Queens. I had never heard of Matt Kearney before, but he's been around yeah, for a while. Seem... Hmm. He's he's like 40 years old, I think, now. He's been singing for a while. The song actually made me think of Chris Martin from Coldplay, and it kind of sounded like it um, a little bit. And... I don't, the song Kings and Queens is pretty much like, it doesn't matter, you know, about anything in the world as long as like I'm with you, the person that I love. So it's not about the money. We could be rich, you know, we could have anything we want, but it honestly feels like we have everything we need because we're together, which is, again, a great message to have. Yeah. Um, Seeing a theme. It's a very (laughs) upbeat, yeah. It's a very upbeat song and uh, it sounds really great. And it reminds me a little bit of Coldplay, which isn't a terrible thing. So, no, um, it's good for you. Yeah, and I haven't seen it on any playlist yet. It only has 150,000 views on YouTube. Not that YouTube views are a great indicator of like someone's success or how big a song is, but I tend to think that you know people can 
look something up on YouTube to see if they hear a song and they like a song. And I don't know how big it's going to get, but um, you should certainly check it out. And let me let me know what you think about it, too. And you as in Castle You and then you as in yeah, the listeners. You. I'll listen. You know, we don't really get much feedback on our songs of the week. We don't. Which I, I think. Well, I think it's because. A, we just spent like 20 minutes on it for this episode, but we're catching up. And B, we can't play it, so people can't really like I know, that's true. get into it. And then if I start singing it, then it just is like stupid, you know? Like, why is he doing that? Like, I, nobody wants to hear that. I know. We need We need. Spotify you know, we're not supposed to, to agree. You're um, supposed to say, wow, you're singing is so beautiful. Thanks. Okay. No, Bye. no, no. I didn't mean <laughs> I know that. I meant I know <laughs> these, these are the disconnects that we're having I can't believe with just the made song that noise. of the week. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> It's like a dying cow or something. How do you know um, what a dying cow sounds like? I'm from the country, yo. Do you really know what a dying cow sounds like? No, I don't. Okay. It's just a guess. You're from the country. I'm um, from the country. They have cows up in North Georgia? No. Uh, yes. No, they have carpets. <laughs> they have cows, yo. They got mountains I don't know why I keep saying stuff. yo. I know. Um, <laughs> You've been texting me this week and like, like bro or stuff. I was like, who are you? I do not say bro. Sorry, I do something. Not say you bro. use like weird pronouns or something. I don't know. When I weird. when I get like tired, it just like starts. To you start start broing out. It turns into like a yeah. frat boy. <laughs> when I get tired, I turn into a frat boy. Cool. Yeah. All right. Okay. So the last thing we have to talk about is the song "Freaky Friday" oh by God. Little Dicky and Chris Brown. Did you just say a bad word? No kidding. No, that's his name. I know. I'm kidding. Um, that song is weird. F. <laughs> Um, I randomly heard it on Spotify and I was very confused what was happening. And I was like, man, Chris Brown can really sing, but it is a bit auto-tuned, right? I know. Um, still. But it's still really good. If you're going to auto-tune someone's voice, it's either going to be him or Lil Wayne. But like, it's, it's really good. Um, Or Kendall Jenner. Or Kendall (laughs) Jenner. It's so weird. Who? Okay, like I don't know much about Lil Dicky. I know a little bit about him, but from what I'm told, he has like these weird, like weird al yankovic kind of songs you know where yeah. it's just like what the f am i listening to it's so random um yeah it reminds is... me of like what is the like a, i'm on a boat lonely kind of island songs. yeah it reminds me of like a lonely island song yeah like something so random that you think of you're gonna get a celebrity on board with your plan and you start, start singing it and then it ends up somehow becoming popular and famous like there's so many bad yeah. words in that song that they can't play that on the radio like no way or they have to bleep out a whole entire like five like two minute part of it or something <laughs> um i've never heard it on the radio i will say that yeah i don't think it's gonna be on the radio uh but they have has little dicky chris brown and a few of the people and then like ed yeah. sheeran randomly makes an appearance on there yeah ed like, sheeran dj, DJ Khaled, Khaled, kendall jenner oh my gosh the premise of the song I think that's it have you talked to them about the premise of the song no i haven't go ahead go ahead no you do it to them <laughs> um so the premise of the song it's like the movie freaky friday um so it's like eerily the Lindsay lohan close. version yeah the Lindsay lohan with yeah, the uh, activia lady version jamie lee curtis yeah jamie lee curtis <laughs> lady she has a name <laughs> jamie lee curtis who is amazing activia. Uh, okay stop <laughs> um so basically the kind of the premise is that little Dicky wishes he was like more famous and wants like paparazzi and stuff. But then Chris Brown wants to be less famous. So he wants to just like be able to go to a movie or something by himself. And so like the same thing, they're in like a Chinese restaurant and like the owner like switches them by like holding a fortune cookie. I don't know like how the 
magic works, but <laughs> but he they didn't switches have time them. To explain that. <laughs> they did not, and they didn't explain that in the Freaky Friday movie either. But uh, don't so you know anyway, they all switch, Chinese restaurants have a special fortune body. cookie? <laughs> You'd never gotten one before. Oh, I did not know that. Whoops. <laughs> well then. So anyway, they switch bodies, <laughs> and like the song progresses, like. The little Dickie gets to experience what it's like to be famous through Chris Brown. And Chris Brown is stuck in little Dickie's body. So he gets to f- feel like walk around without people like looking at him and stuff. Um, but basically to speed things up, it turns out that Chris Brown likes his life. And so he wants to get it back. And so to do that, he has to admit that he loves himself, which he ends up doing. And then they switch back. Um, but there are a lot of great lyrics involved that we're not allowed to go into <laughs> we're allowed to but we'd have to rate this as a explicit not, yeah nsfw podcast um but i think that the song overall like we said is like crazy and weird and kind of strange it's but so catchy you, though it is like the chorus is so catchy like i just go like, ahead sing day, it boy sing it every day i start my day with this song because it's just like because you wish that so you like, wake up and you somebody else no or? i don't want to be like chris okay. brown i just like the <laughs> you don't i just think it's it. so funny that it's like i don't know it's just really wacky kind of to, to start your day with is why i like yeah it. no it i feel laugh so that's good wake up with a good laugh plus the chorus is amazing <laughs> well if you guys want to we'll have links to all this uh music and you can yes. pretty much build your own playlist with these seven songs we just introduced to you. Yeah, bam. It's that time where we are wrapping up. So uh, just to let you guys know, we can f- you can find us. We can find ourselves too, but you can also <laughs> find us in a variety of places, including facebook.com slash weatherhype or weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype or send us a lovely email at weatherhype at gmail.com. Reviews are lovely, and we'd love some more, so feel free to leave us a review on iTunes or your Google App Store or anywhere that you can find our app or our podcast. <laughs> and I don't think we've announced it since we got it, but we're on Tunes In now, which is like the Microsoft version of iTunes. They have one? Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I was How did Googling, you sign up like, for that? I just went to their website. Oh, okay. Um, but I was just trying to find like other podcasting like venues to make sure that we're making ourselves Everywhere. accessible you, to anyone and everyone yeah um and that one popped up so i was like oh hey oh, i'll cool. do it okay. um so we're a part of that now so if you own a microsoft phone then you can now listen to us um, yes. without having to get some other specific podcasting app where the hype yes is it all i guess that's it i don't have anything else do you have anything else uh no i don't Wow, it's 11 it's o'clock. It's about to be... Yeah, it's really late. We are about to be really busy in our lives. So this should be crazy couple of weeks coming up. But then we'll be good, right? <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you I that. Know. I don't know my life. I don't know your life. Yeah, hopefully. It's going to be pretty crazy. Uh, look it's for some big announcements to come from us. Uh, maybe not necessarily podcast related. It could be podcast related. Who knows? But uh, there's some big changes happening, so we'd be happy to share with that information with you guys once we hear about it. But until then, stay tuned and stay until woke. next time. Stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> stay woke. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
Until next time. Until next time. Stay hyped. Stay hyped. Bye. <laughs> Stay woke. Stay woke. <laughs> Stay woke. Stay woke. It seemed appropriate. Okay. Maybe he'll bring us something back, some nuggets of information. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I brought back some nuggets of information. Some chicken nuggets. Chicken nugget, man! Burger King's bringing back spicy chicken nuggets. Did you hear about what? that? I, I know. Did not hear about that. I've never had them though. So their chicken nuggets are crap, but their spicy chicken I nuggets are their chicken oh, pretty nuggets. good. Because they used to be shaped like dinosaurs and stuff, right? Well, when I when I can remember them being like a. a Blah, blah. Being, uh, being as a kid, See, being I'm not the a only kid, can't talk. <laughs> being, being as I were being, a child, uh, being a child. I remember them just being like <laughs> rectangles or like kind of. They were rectangles. not rectangles. Well, they, okay, they, they were, were not rectangles. They were you're rectangles, chicken fries? but they were rounded on the end. You talking about some chicken fries? No. When, so you're talking about back a circle. in the nineties. This you're talking about the a 90s. circle. It's a square. It's a rectangle, but it's rounded at the end. That's it a circle, is. son. This that is a circle. circle. <laughs> that is an oval. This boy needs to go back to geometry. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a. It's not a circle. Circles don't have straight edges. Oh my god. Neither do ovals. Circles don't have. Oh yeah, they have. I guess it's an edge. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Lord. straight. And then is it called oblong or what? There's like a word for it. Yeah, right? I think it's like oblong. Oolong. Anyway, they, oblong. They were, they were kind of straight <laughs> near the middle and then curved at the edges, like on the end, not the edge. On the end. So it's like like a NASCAR I'm racetrack? Just, if, if you just turned in, tuned in, I'm describing a chicken nugget. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> yes, it's like a racetrack, except racetracks are more... It'd be like, welcome to Oval. Burger King. Can I take your order? Yes. Can I have the racetrack shaped nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got a complicated order. Oh, my God. You sound um, like Cardi B ordering Burger King. <laughs> or Bon Kui Kui. Yeah. The, or, the OG. Or her. Yeah. The see? OG. OG. Yeah. Do you think... Okay, question. Do you think Cardi B, she, that is just her or is it like a persona? I don't know. I don't know enough about Cardi B, to be honest. Like, I've heard one song from her, and then I heard her thing with Bruno Mars for um, yeah. whatever that well, song yeah, is. I mean, you can't really tell her persona, like, from the songs that she does. It's more of, no. like, interviews when she's with people. She I don't does that. know. Oh, crrr. she does that a lot. And she, I don't think, I mean, she probably gets that influence from Bon Quiqui. Did Bon Quiqui go, oh, crrr. Yeah. I well, that, She did? I just know that Sorry, Kardashian no. did it. That's like a thing from, um, shoot. All right. And now I have to YouTube it. It's the Holiday Inn commercial. Holiday Inn? Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> Not Wait. that Express one. You never heard, watch this one? Oh, sorry. Wow. I can't believe I blanked out on this. It wasn't um, Bon Quiqui. It was Show Can't Tell Brown. Did oh, you ever watch those videos? Name does not ring a bell. My name is Show Can't Tell Brown and I'm... <laughs> It's it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that there's a video like on Cardi B. There's a video on YouTube, and it's like her. She has a nail salon or a hair salon called I Believe. <laughs> 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 it's like it's called I Believe because I believe that 
Jesus Christ is my savior. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have to show that to you guys too. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. <laughs>